Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. right i'm not fucking leaving it's been two weeks but i'm back they ain't taking my job that's right patrick o'dowd welcoming you back in fellow basement dwellers to another edition of bandwagon nerds here on the Chairshot radio network part of the chairshot.com where we encourage you to always use your head the chairshot.com always use your head and I am fired up this week after a two-week hiatus because it's going to be a nobody-gets-out-alive edition. That's right. I'm Robin from Greg DeMarco. I've got some axes to grind. I've got some companies I want to complain about, I want to be mad at. I think Dave does, too. I think Aesop is on board. And PC Tunney can get angry for us just because, even though he's kind of a chill dude. Like, for the most part, like, he he only gets mad, really, like Chris Platt. And that seems to be a, about it. And that seems to be just sort of yeah, par I'm, for the course. Fuck that, that guy. Yeah, fuck, fuck that, that guy. guy. Uh, but anyway, Chris, that's you. right. Fuck you Wednesday. There you go. That's right, everyone. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. I am Patrick O'Dowd, your host. Back, like I said, after a couple of weeks off, I am joined by the usual cadre of bandwagoners, the guys who held down the fort in my absence. We've got the lawyer himself, David Ungar. Dave, how are you? I didn't even realize your permanent replacement was on the docket, so I'm kind of glad you're back, you know? Man, and as I said, I'm not fucking leaving. The guy who's here on a case-by-case basis, Aesop Mitchell, how are you? Welcome back, sir. I may be leaving, but I also may come back. 
Yes, they're both are possibilities. And of course, you heard him briefly expressing his love. Mr. Saturday Night himself, PC Tunney, how are you, sir? How are you liking the new nickname? I it's like wonderful. it. It's wonderful. Thank you. That's right. For those of you who don't know, go listen to the 5x5 five five that dropped this past week as my Saturday Night Live resident expert listicle master PC Tunney uh, decided to call him Mr. Saturday Night. And I think it's a, a worthwhile moniker based on the show. Can you add so, in the word special? And then you can play Leonard Skinner's song for him every time he shows up. <laughs> boo this man. Boo this man. Boo, boo this, this man boo hard. This man. I can, boo this man. I can boo long. this man. By request from Mr. Saturday Night himself. Double up on it. I can never stay mad at you, bestie. <laughs> oh, look at this. Love, hate, love. It's all here on the bandwagon today. And like I said, we have we have quite a show in front of us. We have uh, a somewhat bonkers edition of Moon Knight to talk about today. I haven't been on the show since episode one, so be be interested to see. Tony looks disgusted. Maybe maybe Moon Knight doesn't get out alive today because Tony. I, I do disagree with the assessment in the bandwagon nerds chat. So we will, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but I know, uh, Aesop, you said you were all ready to go and rare to talk, talk some moon night. Oh yeah. yeah. Thoughts. Oh yeah. Um, we are going to talk about the big news coming out of Netflix and, and everything that's going on with that today. We get to news around the nerdosphere, nerdosphere, excuse me, as well as, Going into a a little bit of a further dive into why Sony hates the Spider-Man property that they fight so hard to keep the rights to, because I, I don't, I just don't get it. And if we have time, maybe we'll rip on Florida a little bit as well, uh, as the Mrs. Ungar uh, and Dave and I had had some brief thoughts and conversations about that. We do have some trailers as well, quite a loaded bandwagon, and we're gonna we're gonna kick it all off with our return to Moon Knight episode four. Let me get some Marvel music. So I've, I've been gone for a couple episodes. Um, I know you guys had jokes that in my absence when i came back i would like rip on all of you uh i i'm not going to do that too too much though i did disagree <laughs> with david ungar's assessment uh that, that you felt like the show was moving kind of slow and, and i get why it was moving kind of slow for you but i also i as i as i prop up the other guy aesop i kind of agreed with aesop's assessment we haven't had to have this kind of show for marvel in a while and we actually needed a little we needed a slower build and burn for for moon knight because nobody nobody knows anything about moon knight and this episode i'm willing to venture may have even lost some people <laughs> um in the in the last 10 minutes of the show it, it's uh 
it was quite a thing. There was very little Moon Knight. In, in there was the no like Moon. Right. There was no Moon Knight. But that's I mean, totally okay, though. I mean, people need to realize that they can't get everything they want, right? And uh, I, this played out more or less how I had predicted it to, which in episode two was the blend between Spectre and Steven. And this one was a blend again between uh, Grant, or Stephen Grant, uh, Mark Spector, and teased a lot of a lot more of Jake Longley, which I predicted is going to be major in episode five. Right, you're you're referring to the third sarcophagus that pops up in the little white uh, psych ward world that that we get to. And I mean, before we even get to all of that, by the way, like we do have, you know, Stephen and Mark interacting even more than they have in any of the previous episodes so far because again the moon knight element has been taken away uh it's a race to find this imprisoned um i always forget i always get the name so um drink because i forgot the name of the was it amit um, yes amit amit that they're that they're trying to rush to um before ethan hawk can get there again forgot that character's name as well uh, cause he's Arthur Harrow. I don't know. He just sees Ethan Hawke. He's Ethan Hawke on <laughs> heroin really is what it looks like. He's all like, Arthur such a Saturday night live skit right here. The guy who runs the show, but doesn't know anybody's name, but he knows who they are. And then Aesop just follows it up very smoothly and softly after with the exact name. Yeah, there you go. And that's why he's Mr. Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen. Fine. He just, he finds a way to make it a Saturday night live reference i appreciate you i mean come on it was it was there it's true um and i guess it was it was it was a fascinating little race we did get some supernatural element when we get to this tomb of alexander the great with uh watching some people get mummified by undead priests i'm assuming is what we would call them within the tomb uh before eventually you know Stephen because he's the persona in charge, kind of quote-unquote in charge at the time, finding the statuette while, again, help me out, Aesop, because I've slept since then. What's her name? Layla. Yeah, Layla confronts Harrow. Um, You can shake your head and laugh at me all you want. I watched this thing like four (laughs) days ago. I don't fuck, whatever. It's my show. You know what? I don't laugh at you. Laughing at the skit. There you go. I got you. It's a skit. I don't like the skit. <laughs> I boo your skit, sir. Anyway, yeah, you know, as you introduce PC, you got to have like the the saxophone opening from Saturday Night Live uh, going forward. Or the or the or the guy who did the voiceover that would intro Saturday yeah. Night Live the uh-huh. his voice that Tony. I don't. Well, now I needed well, to keep that and make that. Gentlemen, they saw Mitchell. God, when did you? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, <laughs> so this all leads to a confrontation eventually, where um, Stephen has the statue for Ahmet. Um, Harrow shows up with his like cadre of goons. They shoot Stephen. He sort of falls backward, and when he wakes up, not him. It's Mark Spector. They shot right? Mark Spector, actually. Oh, sorry. All right. You, boy, you are like Simpsons comic book guy today. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, but Spectre wakes up in this weird, you know, sanitized, white, stark, psych ward looking place. Every character that we've encountered in the show so far is in this environment, whether it's Layla as like his best friend, the robot guy is, I think he's the bingo caller, right? Is he the one who's calling the bingo yep. numbers? Uh, like of Murray course, Harrow is like that. right. And of course, Harrow is the psychiatrist slash psychologist talking to, talking to um, Spectre before eventually leading to a, a breakaway where Spectre finds a shaking sarcophagus with a trapped Steven. They have like a bro hug moment. And then they start running, trying to escape out of this place. They find a scary wiggling sarcophagus that they don't open because it scares them for opening up into a hallway and finding a uh, giant Egyptian goddess with a hippopotamus head who is surprisingly friendly. And I'm sure you know the name of that character too, don't you, Aesop? Tawaret. There you go. Dave has just been quietly nodding. What do you make of this episode, Mr. Ungar? Um, I think at this point, I'm going to take the approach with Moon Knight of waiting till it's all done to kind of <laughs> really give my thoughts on where we are. Because it's, it's, not, it's not a series that's real at this point conducive to an episodic breakdown because there's there's a lot of different things going on and a lot of different elements like they're bringing in the 2016 storyline that I know we're going to touch on more and and you know if they're going in that direction then it's really all about what's real and what's not and you know that the last I mean I love the first part of the episode the the, the tomb crawling the tomb raiderist Indiana Jones uh, lots of good action the the scene with the black hole was really good I mean that was tension filled um, but then, yeah, the last 10 minutes, it's like, okay, what just happened? I think I told you yesterday, you and I were just kind of, you know, shooting the shit. I said, I actually had to go and look this stuff up because I was really like, okay, what did I just watch at the end of that? So I, I'm kind of at the point where I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on the series until the end and kind of go back and look at it as a whole piece of work. But it's, um, an odd episode to say the least. Certainly I could see why some people were like, what the hell just happened? Tony, have you given up on Moon Knight yet? No, I've not given up. Um, I think it's interesting, Dave saying it doesn't really lend itself to be given away as an episodic kind of miniseries. Every single one of the four episodes has felt like a completely different streaming series and storyline almost to me. It, it hasn't felt very connected so far. I'm still interested in seeing what's going to happen, right? Um, I, I think. Uh, Oscar Isaac, what's the highest award uh, uh, a streaming actor uh, in a in a streaming series can win? Because he can win an Emmy. A streaming. Oh, he can win an. No, there's no streamies. <laughs> <laughs> Across the stream. Well, I hope he, he can win an Emmy. He'll win a he could Stremmy. win an Emmy. As, I mean, okay, as I try to as I try to answer Tony's question as a, as a legitimate think, host. Yeah, thank you. I think I think you get my point there, and then. Um, what I mean by the Doom Patrol thing is the fact that, you know, like Jane, where there's multiple ones of them and they can talk and touch and talk to each other. And the fact that they went there and there's alternate realities in their own mind and things of that nature. I don't mean that it's necessarily like that so much. So that was just kind of an off the cuff. What the fuck did I just watch kind of thing? But I am interested to see what happened. And the last note that I had was Kanchu is a is a god, correct? Yes. Yes. 
Okay, so that wall with the nine other lights that had statues of gods there were all imprisoned gods, correct? Yes. Yes. Well, that sounds like a story I'd like to hear about. And we may get that story. I, I, I don't know. It's definitely a possibility. Like, that is a... I mean, it's a story just waiting to be told, really, if, if you look at it that way. Um, Dave alluded to it. Aesop, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you as the, the person who I, I believe probably knows the most about Moon Knight as a character. And do you know this story arc that, there, that was referenced here, this 2016 yeah. story? And can you, can you fill us in as kind of the unwashed on that as the resident moon knight nerd like, thank you <laughs> so this is a 2016 story arc by jeff uh lemire lemire i think um and more or less where moon knight wakes up mark specter wakes up in his psych ward and begins to question everything that is going on um and in that portion they he doesn't even believe that Moon Knight ever existed. So obviously this is deviated from that path. And clearly this is something more of a psychological breakdown um, in this manner. But uh, that is the, the whole essence of that arc from 2016. And they, they reference it a couple times uh, even more. Uh, I, if you listen to like the bingo caller uh, and I believe it's B22, it supposedly references uh Moon Knight 22 in which that was more or less the the one where all three of the personas are kind of being acknowledged at the same time. Uh, so stuff is really starting to get crazy. I don't know if I feel the same way, though, as PC and Dave do. I only say that because this has been a very transition, a transitionary story where we started off with uh, Stephen Grant in that episode one. And then we get an episode two, Stephen and Mark. And that leads into a big, strong episode of Mark in episode three. And now we're back to it. Another shared story arc that could lead into what, again, what I believe is going to be a very Jake Longley episode coming in five. And then, you know, hopefully tying it all together in episode six. But a whole bunch of stuff happened. And we've got uh, those priestess, uh, priestesses, priests that you were mentioning earlier. Those are Hecanut priests. And Hecanut being more or less the big baddie from Egyptian times that uh, is referenced in many a stories. And... I the reason I had messaged everyone that I can't wait to talk about it because I want to double down on my take that we are getting blade in some way, shape, or form in this because with the way those hecka uh, hecka priests acted using sound echolocation, also they're they're mummies they don't give a shit right you saw the mummy get his uh, arm ripped off. And the only time that mummy actually feels any sort of pain or whatever is when Layla shoves the flare into its eye, more or less being potentially sunlight of sorts. Again, totally theoretical at this point, but I'm doubling down, baby. I'm saying we are getting some blade at the end of this thing, whether it be in a the like towards the end of episode six or that final 
uh, extra cutscene that you know they've been known to do at the end of uh, these right. miniseries. E- echo location, huh? You don't think so? Are, sure, it's not Morbius. I hear you. God, no! <laughs> Ah, I love it. I'm just saying, he he uses echo location. Dear God, right. please don't do this to me. He's a bat, right? Right, he's a bat. Vampire bat. Dave, you okay over there? Just the fact that Strong Morbius heart. was mentioned again is is mildly disturbing. So, no. you you well, according to the rundown, we're bringing it back later on. Dear Jesus. Oh, we got we got we got to have some we got to have some conversations. But uh, sorry, one one last so, thing, if yeah. you don't mind. So this uh, this leads me to believe, and I had read up on a couple of other articles too, and I, I I'm following it as well that this could be something like instead of the Infinity Stones, the cornerstone of creation, which has a whole mess of different things. You know, we we saw like the the book in Wandavision, the Darkhold, and now we've got these uh, Ahmed tab uh, like amulets and stuff. I really do feel that that's where the initial arc is going for this phase what four, five, and six potential. You know, I, yeah. I really do feel it uh, because, man, the supernatural arc is just just sort of getting cranked up from all uh, all outlets. So yeah. I'm excited to see what they do for the rest of them because I believe there are four pieces to that cornerstone of creation. And, uh, you know, they've been known to change things up a little bit. So I wonder what that could be. I mean, we do need a new MacGuffin uh, of some sort. So uh, if that's the MacGuffin we run with, I, you know, and that's that's a conceit within comic book storytelling well before the MCU came along. I mean, hell, I was just watching uh, the Fox X-Men series the other day and uh, the McCran Crystal uh and all of that stuff going on with the Phoenix Saga, the only well-done Phoenix Saga story told in entertainment to date since the comics were written. Um, yeah, we got two episodes left. Next week is the penultimate uh, episode. Hopefully that curtain finally gets pulled back as to what we're really fighting for here. And who knows, maybe maybe we get a Hawkeye-esque sort of reveal uh, and it and it meets Aesop's sort of revelation of instead of it being on the bad guy side of things, it's on the hero side of things, and it's um and it's Blade. I don't know where this is coming from, but I did have one other question I wanted to ask because I've seen this floating around the web from a couple of different folks. Where the werewolves? Where is the werewolf thing coming from? Does anybody know? Is this just me reading? Something that it has something to do with uh, something completely different. It's is the, it just because Moon Knight's involved? And, uh, it's the QR and, code on one of the lockers, right, Aesop? That's where it came right. from. Right. Like, yeah. I know that was part of it, but like, people seem to think that this is going to be a thing. I don't, this isn't going to be a thing, right? It's just an Easter egg. I mean, between that and you had the Anubis, Anubises, Anubis in the first, uh, the first episode, I, I would assume that's the only thing that they're really jump but again that's in the same vein as my vampire theory that's what uh, I'm you know, if they're, dracula they're, comes in then maybe or or if morbius shows up you know just gotta go there all maybe. bets are off and then it's it's still mephisto's fault that's it and he controls the werewolves 
Ooh. And then it's then we Ooh. bring in Kate Beckinsale and we can just do an underworld reboot. Oh Jesus. All right. And on that <laughs> note, I think it's time for our first commercial break as I I feel the the shark has been jumped. Anyway, we are going to take that break. When we come back, we are going to pay a visit to the trailer park with some with a potpourri of trailers. Kind of a little all over the place this week uh, on my part. But I'm excited to talk about them. And so I hope you all will be as excited to hear us talk about them as I am to talk about them when we come back. So you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. I just realized as I was looking over my uh, my soundbite board that every single one of the chair shot commercials I have literally just says commercial set. 2021 dot 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 so i have no idea which commercial we're going to get until i actually hit it um and then have to be like okay don't hit that one twice because now i have to hit the next one in line they're all different i just need to like because i've shrunk everything up so much i can't see the whole label you you could rename them you could i'm lazy like you know it took me all of a whole minute and a half to make that wolf of wall street thing for the opening of the show that was hard work i'm tired just doing that like i'm wore out my right hand that carpal tunnel man i'm 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 broke i'm a broken pc I'm a broken will podcaster. Do it. he'll do it all for you no he won't no he's, he's he's too busy for that he's too busy being in charge of you know all of all of the podcasting where he is the pod no that's he's not the pod father sorry he's the commissioner i i hear that's a busy job i'm just a guy <laughs> He, he did not help me with the five by five uh, theme song situation. Like that did what? not, that was not a thing that happened. Wait, wait let's just keep moving on here. The chair shot dot Tunny. The no, chair shot dot Tunny. I, I hear he's I usurping like Greg. The show. I'm not I, I, enjoying I myself not. right now. Very much not enjoying myself here. He's moving. Greg DeMarco, you've been put on notice. That's what I've heard here. All right. <laughs> I, 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 well, let's, let's ease Tunny's mind. Let's take a little trip. Wow. Yeah, let's bust out the banjos and let's head over to the trailer park because we've got a few good ones to talk about. So, Tony, or not Tony, sorry, not Tony. I forgot you're not in charge. Dave, play that beautiful banjo.
right. Welcome into the trailer park, not run by TPC Tony at all. Mr. Saturday Night. He just <laughs> lives there. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Sorry, you set uh, me up for that. Okay. <laughs> so I shared three trailers with you guys. We're obviously going to talk about the, the teaser trailer of the hour to wrap up our visit to the trailer park today. But before we get into any of those, I did want to talk about one trailer that I wish I would have shared with you that came in front of the movie I went and saw this weekend uh, with a friend of mine. And that is Brad Pitt's new movie. Have you all have you seen the trailer to Bullet Train? Oh, Aesop, you you haven't even that seen wasn't not that wasn't on that for me. Oh, my this, God. this was a, a, everything everywhere uh, all at once. Right. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's where I went to see. It. OK. So, yeah, no, that wasn't there. Fellas, I'm going to share this and I'll put it on I'll put it on the the bandwagon nerds uh feed as well. But do yourselves a favor after the show and check out the trailer to Bullet Train where Brad Pitt plays a thief who's trying to like get out of the killing people business and his first job back is to pick up this briefcase and he ends up on this bullet train. That's where the briefcase is. And it's just straight up like people trying to assassinate him over this briefcase there's i oh god i don't even know how to describe it uh the guy who played so you remember in avengers endgame when you when you see hawkeye in his ronin gear and he goes toe-to-toe with that uh mob boss i don't know the the name of that actor he's a really he's 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 big in in his his industry and genre He's like one of he's like one of the guys who's like trying to come after Brad Pitt here. And it's just all this like bonkers action within this tight train background. Tony is have you seen it or are you just watching it? He's watching it. Tony's watching it right now. Me too. It looks like so much fun, you guys. Like and, and I don't know if you're getting if you're listening, like this is such great podcasting while I just talk while these guys watch a two-minute trailer. But the uh, older Brad Pitt gets, the more he reminds me of Robert Redford getting older. Why is he dressed up like like two thousands? Why is he dressed up like two thousands Johnny Depp? I I don't know why. I don't I, I don't know when this is taking place. I just know that this trailer, which is just basically nonstop like goofy dialogue and action, looks oh, like a bonkers movie that I want to see. Bad Bunny's in it. Bad Bunny is in it. Yes, I left that part out. But yeah, Bad Bunny, because he opens he opens the door to the train to get on. Like he gets on the train, right? Like that's the guy. Like uh, that's uh, that's the scene where I think Bad Bunny pops up. But check this trailer out, everyone, if you haven't seen it, because I'm all on board for I'm all aboard, or if you will, but up Ching. Uh, as these guys continue to watch the trailer, and I just talk about it for five minutes. He he throws a bottle of sparkling water to dude's head. It's amazing, uh, and, and it just. Looks like fun fight sequences in, in a confined space. So bullet train, check it out. All right. Now let's go to the trailers that you guys have actually seen. Uh, so are y'all done watching the bullet train trailer? Bullet Looks train. Looks fun. Looks fun. Wish I would have shared it sooner. The first of these two trailers that Amazon is pumping out some content lately. And, you know, we've got the boys coming up. We're, we're seeing a lot of, I don't know when it happened that Amazon decided we're going to try and be like the highbrow science fiction um, streaming service. 
But we just recently covered a trailer for Outer Range with Josh Brolin, which I watched the first episode and and am intrigued. It's like Twin Peaks meets uh, Yellowstone, I guess is kind of the way that I would describe it. Like weird supernatural stuff going on while people try to live their normal daily lives on a ranch instead of in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Now we get two heavy-hitting actors in J.K. Simmons and Sissy Spacek in what I can only assume is some sort of alien, I don't want to say alien invasion story, but like there's like a portal in their backyard that takes them to space. It's there's 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 some stuff going on there. And, and I don't know what's happening, but I'm intrigued. And so I felt compelled to share this and then be like, good on Amazon for, I guess, leaning into highbrow sci-fi. Because I feel like that's what, what we're getting here is an attempted highbrow sci-fi. Now, whether it actually is or not, we'll, we'll have to wait and see in about a week or so. Or maybe it's the end of May. I can't remember if it's the 28th or if it was May 20th or something like that. But it's coming soon uh, on Amazon Prime. Anybody can speak on this one. Dave, you look like you're ready to talk. Tony's not going to watch it. I know he's not going to watch it. I'm fine with that. Like, I get it. Like, it's not his, it's not his wheelhouse. I mean, with a cast like that, I mean, you're talking two major heavy hitters and, and I, those I are could, Oscar winners. Yeah. I couldn't tell whether it was aliens or some, like perhaps a pocket dimension sort of thing. Like we got this pocket dimension in our basement kind of deal that's going on. Um, uh, but it, it, you know, with the cast like that wrapped around a really solid sci-fi story. And, and like you're saying, prime continues to kind of, um, expand a little bit into some different areas that aren't so much like the boys this is uh you know outer range is one thing now you got this going on so you know keeping with the supernatural element that aesop was talking about earlier we're supernatural paranormal extraterrestrial who knows but it looks uh from the trailer it looks like a really good show really good shoe yeah i'm just uh happy to see some more sissy spacek out there i was not suspecting I actually saw that trailer uh, before we even mentioned this. Uh, so whenever they released it, I saw it. And I was just uh, pleasantly surprised to see her. I was like, oh, this ought to be fun. And then as it started, like, start, like started to divulge and just totally break down, I am even more intrigued uh, as to what the hell this story could possibly be. Uh, because, you know, you said it, maybe it's an invasion story. I get like this, like a weird E.T. kind of story as well. Where Star like Starman, maybe Starman, Paul, <laughs> like whatever Paul, you want to, yeah. however you want to take it. It's going to be a different movie. And we've talked about this a couple times. Amazon is very particular on what they bring to their streaming service. I would venture to say it's going to be pretty damn good yeah i i have a lot of faith i the strength of the actors alone though i will say jk simmons is like the king of being on great science fiction shows that don't make it past season two (laughs) uh he was on a show uh on showtime and i don't even think it did it get to season two i'm even i'm forgetting the name of it where it's it's again it's an alternate dimension sort of uh show but it's only like a mirror a mirror world where these 
the two worlds are aware of each other and there's like agreements between the two not to like cross over except through the specific space. And J.K. Simmons plays a character who encounters his his other self in his world and just the way it gets shaken up. There, it's I think it's, this show looks it's intriguing enough uh, to make my list. I'll watch it. We'll see if I can stick with it. But um, I, I thought it was I thought it was worth a look. I thought it was worth a look see and worth a mention. It feels like a movie. So this, oh uh, yeah, maybe it's, making it a miniseries a is a little surprising. Well, I, I it mean, is, it is, but it feels like it should be a movie. Maybe, but it's it's also we've <laughs> seen going so for a streamy. little. <laughs> a streamy. <laughs> They're going uh, for a streamy. Like again, I, I I'm not I'm not hating on it, but it, it no, just, no, I'm like, not maybe it's the are. level of talent. And the story itself just feels like it's something that would have a, a two hour, you know, two and a half hour runtime. Um, so right. I, I'm going to be intrigued to see if did, did they say how many episodes it's going to be? I assume it's going to be like five or six. Uh, I'm creeping on IMDb right now. This has eight listed. So eight. If I, yeah, wow. Eight episodes. So that that feels like a lot. That's just me. But uh, but again, it, I guess we'll see what they can do. Right. I, and that's the thing is we got to wait and see what it actually is, because I don't I, I don't know that we we know that yet. So we'll uh, you know, well, obviously it's going to it's going to happen and we'll get there. And when it does, we'll we'll probably at the very least comment on it. You know, we're not going to do a full deep dive on that. I don't think that's in the cards it's not really our style so we'll uh not to mention so much other shit we had to cover right by then by then the boys will be going strong i do believe because it's that's that's right around the corner right guys or is it later in the, june june is a june yeah june is so not what the boys and umbrella academy if i remember correctly boys right? uh, and miss marvel and miss marvel yeah, right boned, so boned in june yeah but not bone the the comic-based animated series is that's been canceled <laughs> anyway, we'll get more on that later. Nice All right, let's move. Let's move on to our next trailer, which I specifically chose for one David Ungar and his love of all things mafia and specifically The Godfather. Paramount Plus, this is a movie. Paramount Plus is releasing a film. I don't know if it came out today or if it's next week called The Offer. And it is supposedly the story of how Mario Puzo's Godfather came to the screen and Miles Teller as the producer of the Godfather being like confronted by the mob threatened Francis Ford Coppola is weird. The Juno, what's her name from Ted Lasso is in it doing an American accent, which confuses the crap out of me. (laughs) I, I, I'm not going to lie, Dave, I put this in there because I know how you. I know your affinity for the Godfather, Goodfellas. Somebody throw up the Bob plat, movies in general. Throw up the plat signal. He's a huge Godfather fan too. But Dave, this movie doesn't look good. At least in my opinion, it does not look good. Do you, let me give you. Are, let me give you the one reason. Miles Teller. That's a. That's a that's, big. That's negative. why it doesn't look good. That's a big negative. <laughs> We're talking Mr. Fantastic and the worst of the worst comic book movies of all time. There's some more <laughs> foreshadowing for you guys. Um, but yeah, someday that episode will air. That's right. I, you know, Morbius. I, 
if I don't know how much truth there is in this movie or whether it's completely fictionalized, I would imagine that. And I never, honestly, when I watched the trailer, I never really thought much about uh, would the mob be offended by the Godfather and, and would they want to be getting involved in trying to, hey, don't publicize all this shit out there. Um, you know, I, I never really gave it a second thought. So I don't know how much truth there is to this. You know, when you watch Goodfellas, which is loosely based on a true story and, uh, you know, the Godfather kind of uh, dramatizing it and almost, you know, making these guys look like heroes when they're anything but that. So, I mean, if I, I'm, I'm curious to see, I mean, I don't know if I'll sit there and stop and watch it, but I, I found the trailer interesting as far as like, I never really thought about what went into making that movie and who they might've pissed off in the course of doing that. And of course, you know, stuff like getting Brando as the main guy, which was a very big deal back in, in, in that time frame, And, and yeah, Coppola is an odd bird for sure. That sort of thing. And I mean, and it, I mean, they kind of make it seem like Mario wasn't exactly thrilled with the screen adaptation of what he had written. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I think that isn't that accurate though. Yeah, that it, is. Was he well, that's, not? And that's he a, wasn't impressed with that. That's yeah. the thing about the movie is okay. Is this like autobiographical? Is this is this based on? Is this a true story? Is it is it loosely based on true or how much have they fictionalized of it? Uh, that's the part that's not real clear that I'm kind of curious about. But right, because because you think about it. Paramount, the studio who produced The Godfather, now making a movie about the making of The Godfather and how it came to be. Part of it to me feels an awful lot like when Disney rewrote their history in making Mary Poppins. And um, it's fascinating the way that they made um, themselves look like they were like trying to, like the Walt Disney was trying to like bring joy to children. And that uh, was it. P.N. Tavers is her name or whatever. The author of Mary Poppins just was being a stick in the mud and wouldn't wouldn't let him do it when it was really like she just felt like they were killing everything that her book was. So part of me is like, OK, is this is this is like a studio patting itself on the back about this great movie they put out there and how much how awesome were we that we got it done? Look at all the resistance we faced and we overcame it. I mean, and, and that'll be the part that maybe gets people to watch. I mean, we are talking about Godfather 1 and 2 for sure. Two of the greatest movies of all time, two of the most beloved movies of all time. Right. So there's going to be a natural fan base who's going to tune in. Guys like me, guys like Platt, um, people in between are going to sit there and, like Tony. Tony's going to watch, gonna watch it, it. Watch it and say, okay, let's see what they actually had to go through uh, to to get this movie out there and not you know, be the victims, uh, get whacked along the way to use some gangster terminology. Do you know what it kind of feels felt like to me is, um, Hulu's movie, Pam and Tommy. It's got a very similar feel to it. And, uh, I, not to say that I didn't like that movie. It just didn't do anything for me again. I mean, I'm biased. I really despise miles Teller. So, I think I'll nut up a little bit and give it a watch, but hopefully that doesn't affect me when I'm actually viewing uh, the offer. It could be Jared Leto, Aesop. I'm just saying, man. Leto has done decent things, though. What has Miles Teller done? I just watched American Psycho. Tony, what do you think? No, Miles Teller's in that movie with J.K. Simmons where he's a drummer. Now, I get uh, what the hell is that movie? 
the one that Simmons won the best supporting actor. Oh Oscar yeah, for. yeah, yeah. What? Oh like, Jesus, what was that movie? God, Miles Teller uh, was in that. Yeah, Miles Teller's the protege. Like Miles Teller is the is the the act. Um, I was just it was just on TV yesterday too. Uh, yes, yeah, some of us still watch TV. Believe that. Uh, Whiplash. Who's Whiplash? He's the drummer in Whiplash. So, Tony, you uh, you nodded. You're actually you're gonna watch this one. You're gonna check it out. Yeah, I'm a fan of The Godfather. I would like to see what's happening here. There's a few actors in this one um, that that I'm a fan of. Um, but it, it looks interesting. I believe this is a series as well, correct? Uh, I thought it was just a movie. I thought it was, thought it was a uh, movie as well. Okay. I don't. I, everybody's trying to go for a streamy. I get confused. <laughs> well, and that, and we can we can get to this later on when we talk uh, when we talk Netflix. But I'm actually surprised because this I've. If I understand it correctly, it's exclusively on Paramount Plus, right? Like it's on the streaming service. Yes. It's not playing in theaters, so it does qualify for a stream. Should we? Should we have? Should we have the streamies every year on Bandwagon Nerds? Maybe we I was can just thinking that. Show. All right. I was just thinking that. A panel of four to to nominate and give awards. We always could use a good end of the year show for award season. I'm what? sure. We'll, we'll we'll put that we'll file that away. That's, streamy that's so white. Streamy so white. So Jewish. Oh. <laughs> it could be the swaggies on bandwagon nerds, right, Tony? Uh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> awkward silence has has passed. Let's get to the last trailer. Dave Ungar has been waiting and bitching and moaning and complaining and crying and controlling impatiently and, <laughs> and, and begging and wishing and hoping and thinking and praying and crying and dreaming because his kisses, I mean, love and thunder is the start. And, and Dave has been wanting a love and thunder trailer. I think since January, we finally got a brief teaser. There's a lot in this brief teaser before we before we do the nerd thing and start breaking it down sort of almost frame by frame i'm looking at you specifically mr ungar give me your feelings starting in trailer how are you feeling now that you've seen a minute and a half basically of footage oh, i loved it i thought um i, I mean i, I uh, the choice of sweet child of mine playing in the background everything else going on i think they gave they gave you just enough to get you really if you weren't already interested which of course we all were but just enough to get you even more interested and to get the speculation train the speculation bullet train going on on this one because there's a lot in this trailer that they packed into a very short period of time but i absolutely absolutely loved it mr tunny your thoughts your feelings your initial feelings seeing the trailer I liked it. It it reminded me a lot of what we got from um, What If with you know Party Thor, right? So it should be yeah. very interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hey, Sop. I mean, that was a hype trailer for me. I was ready for it. I know so many, so many people weren't quite sure what the hell they were viewing, but I, I loved everything. And you can you can already see this is. So much Taika, so much Waititi that we are just going to love it because that man just does not do wrong in my eyes. Uh, this is going to be another romp 
And I I have a feeling I'm going to be shedding a tear at some point in this film because of the idea that Thor could be done. Well, let's go there. Since you since you opened that can, Thor could be done. Why could Thor be done, Aesop? Well, I, I mean, oh, well, uh, are, are we talking? Are we talking about logistics? Or are we talking about uh, comic wise? Tell the comic story. We have no like Chris Hemsworth has said that he would play Thor forever. So like, he he'll play Thor till they're done with him playing Thor. But anyway, comics wise. Tell the story, my friend. More or less, he becomes unworthy uh, through the original Sin arc. And the unworthy Thor is, I, I believe, what they're building up to be. Uh, I would love it to be that. Ah, man, and the idea of, the, of Mjolnir going to uh, the mighty Thor, a.k.a. Jane, is what everyone's been kind of you know, noting for a while, both the the people that are pro and against it. But it's pretty much the same in the comics. Those who are worthy will be able to lift Mjolnir. But the reason behind Thor's unworthiness had some just weird story arc. Uh, and the reason why uh, he lost it, I, I can't remember exactly, but I know it had something to do with the Watcher. Uh, if I remember correctly, right? It's It's been a long time since I've read those comics. Uh, I really don't remember. So I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to say I am the wrong guy to ask. And we'll have to, we'll have to look at that later um, and maybe get back. We did well, I, see. I, oh, oh sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. I, I was going to well, say, no, I know, it, I know it does tie in with Gore, the God Butcher. Yeah. And right. I, I believe if I remember Nick Fury kind of gets involved with that too, just bashing the gods itself. And, you know, that kind of leads it into the Zeus deal. Cause we got uh, a short glimpse of Russell Crowe there in that role as well. Lightning bolt. Uh, more or less saying that the gods are just unworthy of the admiration because of their hubris. And uh, that could easily kind of fall into it, which is why uh, Jane kind of gets that power and becomes, you know, what we're seeing in uh, Moon Knight, an avatar to the Thor moniker. There you go. Now, you mentioned Jane Foster. We do get a look at Mighty Thor. David Ungar, uh, go. Your turn. First look, Natalie Portman as Mighty Thor. Got the blonde extensions. Muscled her, she's muscled up, in gear, cracked hammer. What's your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, <laughs> I know, like like you were saying, there's a lot of people who aren't exactly thrilled about this whole thing because that's not their Thor, that sort of thing. But it is it, it is a very good story arc in the comics that that comes to fruition, and, and it and it raises you know the awareness of the fact that there are multiple Thors out there, and anybody who spent any time in the comics knows there's a shit ton of Thor's out there. And this, you know, opens a door to possibly better Ray bill coming in or battery something bill, like that. Bill, I, 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 we're bill. all, we are all hoping. And there's speculation that he's in this movie, but um, I thought, you know, I think if they're going with the, the Jane Foster story arc where um, what they're saying is she ends up in new, new, um, new Asgard, you know, and, and, uh, and goes and, 
and somehow looks for treatment for cancer and Molnir's reforged and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I thought I think that was one thing we were really wondering whether they were going to show that. Um, we did get the glimpse of that, so you know that the mighty Thor angle is going to be taken up. I, you know, if, if this is the end of the Chris Hemsworth Thor, then you know I, I'm going to be interested to see how they write him off because. You know, I understand like Chris Evans and Robert Downey were ju- done, but like you're saying, Pat, Chris Hemsworth has said, I'm not going anywhere unless they kick me out of here. And you kind of want to see some sort of continuity, some sort of tangible, a- a- you know, attachment to the Infinity Saga characters in some respect. I mean, a few of them are still sticking around. Sure, we know that. But uh, I'm I'm cool with it. I, I, I'm interested to see how they develop this, sto- this story. And the, the Jane Foster arc is um, it's a unique one, to be sure. Cool. Well, let's talk about some of the other things that we do see in this trailer um, that kind of get us to where we are. First of all, we do see that uh, Thor is going to get himself back into shape, a quote unquote shape, like that the the uh, depressed Thor uh, and we saw him doing doing the rope exercise, except he was using these giant oversized chains in some sort of cave where there's a giant skeleton of something. Um, that's long been dead. Uh, who knows what that? Who knows what's that? What that all means? We saw Thor in a lot of different iterations and looks in this trailer too. Like we had him in the Ravagers vest. We had him when they're in the uh, what, like whatever that Arctic planet is. Whether that's um, was it Niflheim? That the ice world. I can't remember which one. Oh, Not Niflheim. Where, where uh, Loki was uh, from originally. Right. Uh, and I don't know that that, what's that? I think it's Jotunheim, Jotunheim. Jotunheim isn't it? Jotunheim. Um, I know he's there. I, well, I don't know that he's there, but at one point he's with, um, he's with, uh, Chip. what's his name? Yeah. Korg. God, I was sitting there saying, thinking Grog. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not even a character. <laughs> gorilla, gorilla, uh, gorilla Grod shows up, man. That's going to be awesome. Gorilla Grod. But, you know, he's got like the big furry cape and he, you know, he's, he's kind of more Norse looking. There is that montage at the very beginning of the trailer of a child Thor sort of running through time. And we get a look at uh, a nod to the original Thor costume. And so it's still... Thor's still on a journey. Like he's meditating under a tree at one point. Yggdrasil. I think that's Yggdrasil that he's under. Yes, it we're, is. We're, we're, it could be Yggdrasil. Um, they don't actually say it's Yggdrasil. You don't know if it's the life tree or not, or the world tree, sorry. Um, wouldn't surprise me if it is. It wouldn't surprise me if it isn't. But uh, so it, it is pretty clear that, that Thor's still trying to figure his shit out in this movie. Uh, and then he's he kisses a pirate woman. Yeah, that was the that to me that looked like a, a kind of an homage to Party Thor a little bit. That's what I thought. Now I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I uh, I just know that we got to see Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder uh, at the front of the the ship flying away from uh, looks like New Asgard. Yeah, and uh, we also saw a very miserable looking Valkyrie. Uh, the king not not feeling it apparently. At least at least in that one they're bored, uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. As supposedly that she's supposed to really be outwardly queer this time uh, for the show. She was supposed to be in the previous movie. Apparently, uh, a scene got put on the cutting room floor 
that that we never that we never get to see of, of her with both a man and a woman. So all of that is out there. Some people didn't love the sweet child of mine bit. I don't understand why. But uh when do we do we get a full we get a full trailer May sixth, don't we? Yep. Like you guys have been saying. Right. Dave, I guess for me, uh do you feel better now? Like are you okay? You, I was really feeling like you needed some sort of like a support blanket. I feel, I feel, I feel much better. I think, I think, I think, you know, all BSing aside, this movie certainly didn't do anything to make us feel less excited about it. And that's what a teaser is really all about to get you, to get you more excited. And I think, I think mission accomplished with a aplomb would be the best way to describe it. Fair enough. Well, once around, once around the bandwagon real quick. Do we do we need like we know movies are coming within this cycle? Is Marvel at a point where we don't really need trailers? Like right, like we don't need trailers months and months in advance of some of these flicks. I think this one, without question, there was no need for any sort of level of trailer. I think we've talked about this. Like people are going to go no matter what. Well, it seems like Marvel's been a lot more. Um, I, I don't know the word like patient. Hold it. Yes. Patient might be a good word. I, I'd like to see them start making trailers that aren't a part of the footage in the movie. What do you mean by that? Why can't you tell a little part of what you're about to see or an explanation or a sneak preview about it in a scene that isn't necessarily in the movie, but after watching the movie, you relate to the fact of what that did for watching it. So as to not spoil any parts of the movie, because how many movies have you watched? Not saying that Marvel particularly is, is is guilty of this, but you go, oh well, I seen all the good parts, or I seen all the funny parts of the trailer. Marvel should realistically, at least once, just try and doing multiple teaser trailers. Maybe they get progressively yeah. longer and longer, and maybe that week before you get like a 30 second trailer, like nothing. And, but, but it still just gives you so much. Like think about it, what you could have done with this Thor. Uh, You know, you see like the, it's love and thunder, right? So maybe you get some, something crazy, like, uh, like the, the, the leaves of the trees blows by, right? Love and you know, lightning bolt, thunder, boom, done. And like, oh shit, it's it's about to go down. Oh, you know, maybe maybe you do that again, build it up one more time, and now it's got uh, you know some sort of mentioning of gore in there. Uh, something like that just keeps building and building. You could do your idea with what they put out, right? Like the first thing you see is you know. Uh, <laughs> is him kissing the girl in in the scene you see that's love and then the next week is thunder him doing the chains right and then the next week it's something else it's love and thunder like you don't get the whole thing until the end they could have done it the way you wanted with exactly with what they had it's marvel you know we're all gonna see it anyways they're gonna make a billion dollars and uh we're all going to give it massive praise um why bother? Why bother spending this money? Uh, we just alluded to it with uh, Moon Knight. You know, you're not always going to get what you want, people. And if it leaves you aching for more, they've done a, a good job. Patrick, right, Dave, you realize uh, 
you're shooting ourselves in the or, or Patrick, you really as you're shooting ourselves in the foot if there's no more trailers, right? I mean, I'll, there's always another trailer. It'll be okay. <laughs> It'll just be more trailers of stuff you're not going to go see. So, Dave Ungar, you're you're going to get last word on this Ray. as Where's as Ray? we head into this. Oh, don't pout. Do don't we, pout. I know. My take on this is quite simply: if it ain't broke, why fix it? The the formula works. They're making shit tons of money. This is what the fans are expecting. I get. Yeah, you're right. Do we need a trailer to go and see this movie? Absolutely not. Is it nice that we have something to talk about? Absolutely. And, and this is the most popular and powerful franchise in the world. So if it ain't broke, why are we going to fix it? That's my retort. I don't know. That's my retort. We're, we're, all, we're always trying to fix something here in, in the bandwagon nerds, nerdosphere of the world. Like executives are always trying to fix that. You know, Aesop just fixed trailers. He's, he's rewritten everything. We're already on the horn with the ad people at Disney slash MCU to get the wind blowing thunder love and thunder trailer idea out there, even though now we've already had a trailer. So it'd be like a tease for something that already happened. That's already been teased. So whatever. Aesop On that turns note, it into a haiku. That's going to be the next one. Garth, that was a haiku. I'll get working on that for next week. All right. You write it up. And while you write it up, we're going to take our second commercial break before going into news around the Nerdosphere. Before we head into our recorded commercials, it is my duty to remind you that if you like our little corner of the internet radio waves here at the ChairShot Radio Network and at thechairshot.com, and you want to keep supporting us, help us with our brand, get yourself over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and invest in one of our many awesome t-shirt designs we have everything from chair shot logo shirts to a bandwagon nerd shirt that's right you could rep our brand within the greater brand you could do that you could be a part of our team you know with a shirt you can also invest in one of our many designs uh with sayings from the shows like hashtag save tag team wrestling everyone hates craig nefarious means all great stuff. Shirts are only $19.99. Or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. It'll be great. It's awesome. Again, we love putting out this content every single day out here in the internet airwaves. And the best way that you can help us keep doing that is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a shirt. When we come back, News around the nerdosphere and nobody's getting out alive. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Church Radio Network. Church.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, everyone, we are back. Quick update. I've already written my haiku. Oh, you uh, actually don't want us to hear it. Oh, oh did I'll you? I, I was just letting you know. <laughs> oh, right. No, no. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. A god among men. No more worthy of Mjolnir. Thor. Love and thunder. Congratulations, you have now completed fourth grade health level uh, literature homework. Good job. Fourth? Jeez. I learned that late. 
I don't know. I'm just sorry. My kid's in fourth grade. I was correlating. <laughs> I went to public school. I got, I got nothing. Uh, Let's get that kid in here and ask him what a haiku is. Yeah, he he hates he hates uh, ELA um, with a passion. His his English language art skills are not the strongest. All right, enough about my child's schooling issues. Let's let's get to why we're here, uh, Dave. I was disappointed, so disappointed that you you didn't you didn't do the echo last week, man. Well, that was because of uh, the echo mic mishaps from two weeks earlier. I just thought, let's not tempt fate. <laughs> a second week. I, I, I can't remember. I figured out why. Go ahead. Sorry, I'll show. Why? Wait, what did you do? Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't switch the mic and voice meter. I only switched the audio. Uh, you it's know, not the... just you, Pat. Tony has these issues once a millennium as well. So it, some guys have those up. issues. Yeah, Mike. Mike performance issues is is a real problem and should not be ignored. Um, you should see a doctor about that, man. If you you know, to persist. The, they've got medi- uh, they got will. medications for that. Thank, thanks for the advice. I will. All right, and now unlike a show where Dave runs it, we are going to cut off the sexy talk and not do it for another thirty minutes. And we're going to go. You guys, by the way, that first episode. Now we're going to go there. Now, now it's time for Patrick to unload a little uh, bit. Uh, uh. <laughs> You guys can only go about an hour without me before suddenly it turns into a seventh grade gym locker room with like goofy ass tits and ass jokes. Like for 30 minutes. It was tasteful boobies. It was not tasteful boobies. boobies and I liked them. I'm sitting there yelling at my computer screen being like, what are you doing? Anyway. Okay. Uh, Content, that and 40. Yeah, there, that was not premium, content. Premium content, Aesop. Shit, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's paying more for that. Tasteful we're content. Just gonna have to add, we're going to have to add ads. We're going to have to put more ads in. That's what's going to happen. Are you saying ads um, or ass? Ads, A-D-S. Um, oh, nice try, though. That's yeah, you're not, I don't go down that road. That's now, do the intro. I will, I will get your voice right this week. That's good, because now it is time for news around... The Nerdosphere! And we're going to do this a little bit differently today. Because a couple of things have broken in in, in this week, this past week that we're gonna we're gonna report because it's out there but but i think i'm just i personally am feeling a little like angry and just have thoughts and want to want to make some statements so we're to start with sony like i titled both of these news nerdosphere bits what the fuck sony and then what the fuck netflix and so sony sony started this news cycle by announcing that they are pushing back the premiere date for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse yet again. We are now looking at a 2023 release date with a 2024 release date for part two because... June, June 2023. So like, it's a substantial pushback. Yeah, it's it's a full year, over a year from now. 
is this was originally supposed to be released in October, October 7th. And then the sequel is now coming on the 29th of March in 2024. Nuts. Because reason like was like, I haven't seen any reports in, in delays with like making the movie. Because we want extra time to make it great. That's what they said. Okay, Tony, uh, go ahead. So, you say we don't need trailers. Well, I disagree. Trailers create word of mouth. Trailers create cooler talk. Trailers create buzz. What we don't need is release dates. We don't need release dates. Give it to us 8 to 10 weeks when you know it's actually going to fucking happen. That's all we need. Then people will pay attention to the trailers. And and here I, you mentioned trailers. Here's the other thing. Sony released footage of, of this. Like yep. we've seen like the opening scene because they literally pick up where the first movie ends and, and got people excited. Like there was a legit buzz because of everything Sony has done with Spider-Man, with this property that they own, that they keep fucking up when they are left to their own design devices to work with it. This is the one thing they've gotten right. It's, it's, that's it. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse for my buddy, the best Spider-Man movie that they have ever made. And, and second and to me, without question. And, and so this is what people want to see out of you to delay it. And did not really to be like, we just want to get it right. There is more to this story. In my opinion, there to me, I am extraordinarily concerned because delays and pushbacks historically are not good for a film. And if you need evidence to prove that, Morbius, great movie that it was, ha 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 ha, pushed back repeatedly, reshot repeatedly, and the end result was Dave nearly killing a bunch of people by making them watch. Well, no, they asked to go see it. I'm sorry. They, it was it was awful. It was awful. It was terrible. And you heard all about how Dave hated it. Pushing back. For whatever to get it right, quote unquote, get it right, or to do reshoots, or to, to remake it, or to to delete and put stuff on the cutting room floor and move on, has always been a significant red flag. Dave Ungar, am I wrong here? No, I think you're even more right because this is not a live action. This is an animated feature, animated movie. Yes, so it's like, wait, why do we? You know how. How much better can you draw this damn thing? You know, how much better can you do this and that and the other? Especially with what we've already seen, you know, the stuff they showed already looked fine to me. So I'm not sure. Live action, I get that shit happens and, and you want to do reshoots. And we saw, like you say, we saw, well, that worked with Morbius or New Mutants or something like that. But um, with an animated movie, for the for them to kick this back this far, I agree with you that this has red flags all over. There's something else afoot here. And, and I don't know, I've got no idea what it could possibly be because they knocked it out of the park the first time. There's no reason to think this one's not going to follow suit. There must be some significant concern with some aspect of this that has got them scrambling saying we need a year and a half basically, or an extra year from now. No, it, damn near a year and a half year and a couple months to it's, get yeah, this it's, right it's well well over a year it's honey you, yeah. you you were about to jump in there 
I'll give you a silver lining possibility. How's how's that sound? Okay. Since it's not live action and it's animated, it is completely possible to push the movie back like it is done and say maybe I want to adjust the storyline here or there and change what happened in in light of people's reactions to different takes on different things surrounding Spider-Man in that universe. I don't know. I'm just saying Right, like I'm giving you the, like the, the best possible the with thing. Like, hey, hey, the glass, it's half full right there, baby. The pro- the problem with that let, let is the that glass you're die, never man. going the to please. You're never going to please everyone. So why continue to push that narrative? Uh, I'm in the boat that Sony is still working with Disney, and this has some type of Disney uh, effect to it. They don't want to release the same time as uh, Wakanda Forever. Uh, they don't want to release the same time as what, uh, you know, future Disney products. And that is still kind of tied in with uh, Sony and Disney's partnership with Spider-Man. I think that that is the only logical explanation in my eyes. I know uh, it, going to the the technical animation side of things that they plan on having a different art style for each of the uh, multiverses that they travel to. Maybe that's the the hiccup. I don't know. I don't see that being the big issue that it could be, but I don't know. And and this, this was never really announced as a, as a two part movie in the first place, right? That's only. No, no, it was, it was, it was announced a while ago that it was. Okay. Well then maybe I missed that. And the thing, the other, the other thing about it is, it even the original Into the Spider Verse, the animation is very, very complicated and complex and very, very different because, uh, like they were using a style and a system that had never really been done before. So I, I get that and I buy that. They also waited three or four years. Like the production started on this almost immediately, and they've been working on this for four years. My my concern, my hope is that what you just said, Aesop, is correct. Is that there? It's more about the timing of the dates and when things get released, and not so much content itself. It's Why, still just a weird amount of time, though. Like it is a lot, especially of time. that fir- that first delay. Uh, what you said, right. early October to I, what I believe it was end of June. Did right? It, wasn't it like June twenty? Early June. Early June. It's earlier. It's early June. Uh, so yeah. I mean, you October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, eight months. Eight months is ridiculous. That seems just wrong. Right. Yeah. It's just, um, and maybe I'm not, and I'm not one to go full conspiracy theory a lot of times on stuff. Like I'm very much somebody who like, there's a reason Greg calls me a wrestling realist is because nine times out of 10, I'm like, no, 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 that's silly. Let's, Look, let's look at this. Sony's track record has given it with, with this property and really why I'm so frustrated and concerned here. Sony's track record with the Spider-Man property has been atrocious. It's really atrocious since Spider-Man 2. And it, again, this is this is to, to, to be a little Star Wars-y. That was the, cho- you know, like into the Spider-Verse is the chosen one supposed to bring us out of the darkness not you know not turn to it and i'm just worried that there is some level of meddling happening with this property this part of the property 
that could hurt the overall product as opposed to help it. Okay. The other bit that was released, and, and Aesop kind of ruined my Saturday yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, you don't want to be associated with this one, Mr. Saturday Night, no. Um, I, I open up my bandwagon nerds chat thread in the old Twitter, you know, that highly exclusive club, scrolling around, I'm having a good day, I'm looking for trailers, and all of a sudden I get, LOL, enjoy, Patrick, or something along those lines. As Aesop posts, uh, I think it was like a comic book news article that showed a couple of photos that have surfaced on the Twitter of our good friend, or our good friend, friend of the show, you know, he's been on here a couple of times, Aaron Taylor Johnson, in what people are presuming is our first look at Craven the Hunter. <laughs> These photos, for those who haven't seen them, are Aaron Taylor Johnson in a nice button-down white linen shirt and maybe like black pants. He's barefoot. Well, I think he's wearing he's wearing shoes to make him look barefoot, so they'll digitally fix that later. Running, and he's got a little necklace with a little tooth around his neck. He's got, you know, scruffy-looking beard, long blackish hair uh he's but he's running he's in motion and the speculation that this is our first look at craven the hunter i'm just going to be that nerd for a minute that's not craven the hunter that is a dude at a wedding whose shoes fell off and is trying to chase down the bride to profess his love for her before she actually goes through with it with the guy that she's about to get married it's like this can't be great Aaron taylor johnson is secretly in a rom-com and he's chasing somebody down to get to the airport, stop her before she gets in the taxi and tells her that he loves her because Craven, no, Craven the Hunter, no, 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 no. Wedding no. Crashers, too. He looks please, like one of those, please. like, like no. 80s, 80s, 90s romance novels with, like, the yes! no guy on it. That's what God, he looks like. Yes. God, yeah. Mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> no. Aesop no, nailed it they, perfectly. This, it's a Harlequin did, romance really that they're did. filming. So, so here's my question to to the to the three of you. So, so far, so far, we've had two Venom movies that vary from awful to terrible. We've had the Morbius film that none of us have seen. Oh, I'm sorry, Aesop did see it, but like, did he see it? Regrets. See it. Yes, lots of regrets. Here. We have a Madam Web movie that nobody seems to be giving two shits about we're going to have this this uh this craven the hunter movie that at first glance and maybe it's unfair but at first glance i'm not liking it does sony actually care about this property that they have fought so hard to keep or can we all just nod and agree that they're keeping it because they know the money it can generate no matter what sort of piece of shit Spider-Man connected film they put out. Oh, it, it's, this is all a cash grab. Are you kidding me? Venom Venom was bad in the first place. It had no right going to a Venom 2. Uh, 
I can't even describe again the pain that it was to see Morbius. We talked about it earlier this week in our group chat. No one gives a flying shit about Madam Web. And especially with the way that they're going to make it an origin story, because otherwise you wouldn't be having, what was it, Anne Hathaway? Right? right? What? What are they doing? They need, like, seriously, someone needs to bring Sony to court for the way that they have treated their comic book properties and the ethical treatment of it all. We need a PETA-esque figure to go in there into their studios and super glue their hands onto the goddamn floor. I am so done with everything Sony. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to sit through these movies due to my job. Um, thank God I don't have to pay for it. Because if I did, I I would walk out. Th- these movies need to be walked out of. And I don't know when they're going to quit. But people, I'm telling you right now. Do not go and see a Sony superhero movie. Anything in the Venomverse at all needs to be left alone. Don't. For the love of God, don't. Dave, anything to add? <laughs> I mean, I love I love the uh the the rant by Aesop every week on this on this topic. It's it's priceless. Look, I mean, you're making a Craven movie, uh, one of one of Spider-Man's best villains without any involvement from Spider-Man. That's really all you need to know about how we're setting this up for just an absolute train wreck of an experience. And yeah, I mean, those pictures look more like something out of a Harlequin romance than anything that I mean, that doesn't scream. Yeah, nothing screams Craven like, you know, button down linen shirts and 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 frilly, you know, all this bullshit going on. So I but- there's no frilly. Let's let's. They didn't. They didn't. They, like, does it he just, he looks it, like a, Does it matter? He looks Pat? like a damn. He just looks like a damn yuppie. No, I I, I won't. I won't matter. go that far. Let's let's criticize the shit that's actually in front of our face. Let's not add shit. Um, in like, be in fairness to Sony, they fuck it up without us helping them. Well, that's true. But yeah, you know, I'm that's saying. True. I yeah, I think everything Aesop says is is accurate. At, at this point. Sony's it gotten, looks like the antithesis of these characters. That's yeah, what drives me nuts. This is not Craven the Hunter. This is like, I don't know. Aesop, write another haiku about Craven. You know, Jesus. Oh my God. Uh, here, let Tony, me let me a- let me do it. Sony, why? Shit, shit, shit. Look at the movie you've made. Please stop no, all production. Shit, that was six. Perfect for Sony. Gary. They can't even write a haiku right. Add, you add a fourth line or something, too. Yeah. Sony, I know you're really excited about this Craven movie. I can see it in your face uh, as you check your phone. Um, that should tell everybody, like, what? <laughs> your Honor, once again, leading the witness. Leading the witness. The two Utes. Uh, anyway. Two Utes. So, yeah. Bottom line here, everybody. Sony hates you hates you they hate they you do. otherwise they would put out better movies than that garbage or, or at least just hand yeah. it over to marvel and let marvel take care of it 
Marvel will pay, or sorry, Disney will pay out the ass. Just go ahead, give it to them. For the love of God, you could ask for whatever you want, and Disney will double it. Go ahead, Sony, please. Okay. From one shit show to another, let's talk about Netflix. So, this is a play in three acts, gentlemen. And in Act One, earlier this week, and this is the what the fuck, what the fuck next, but earlier this week, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, news dropped that Netflix announced in their first quarter for the first time in 10 years that they lost subscribers to the tune of 200,000 subscribers. Not good. Not good. How did Netflix decide to respond to losing subscribers? Now, and this is, this is largely attributed to the fact, or at least according to Netflix, they believe it was largely attributed to the increase in price that they made to their subscription service, which we got hit with, like, Saw that news roll through. So they lose 200 subscribers, and Netflix is like, We have a solution. It sounds like we're getting ads on Netflix, that they're also significantly cutting their animation studios, which will lead to the result of a lot of projects that are currently in production being the comic book universe uh, in the Nerdosphere. The uh, animated adaptation of the cartoon Bone is, is gone. Was Sony so, renting space with Netflix? Is that why it took so long to get Spider Verse out? Or no? Uh, I mean, Never mind. no, I don't think so. No, no I mean, you know, because got caught then or something. You know, it was like a joke. I, I, I it, right over. We, we can't joke when it's about Sony. So, who? Let's see. Uh, we'll let um, we'll let Aesop rant first. And then we'll we'll go to Dave. What in the fucking world? Well, I guess the dogs are pissed about it too. This see this seems completely counterintuitive. It seems completely foolish. It seems completely dumb. It, again, doesn't seem like the answer to fixing their their monetary woes to 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 do everything that makes customers more angry and charge them twenty bucks for it. Look. Netflix has dropped substantially as far as overall content, as far as quality of original content. Are, are you surprised? I, I mean, right now, Patrick, give me your top five streaming sites or streaming services. Um, Disney Plus, probably number one. Uh, no, you're right. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Disney, Disney Plus, number one. I probably watch it's HBO Max, five. number two. Netflix is probably number three for me. Uh, really? Because yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. I got Disney Plus. I got Hulu. I got uh, Amazon. I've got uh, HBO Max up there as well. Uh, Apple TV Plus puts out better original content for my money. Oh. Are you asking me for quality of product, or are you asking me what I watch and what I use? Because those are two different More things. Because, because, right? well, no, because if you're gonna, if we're going to argue quality of product, I would put Apple Plus TV, Apple TV Plus, as the highest quality streaming services that get put out there. Period. Like the shows that I watch on Apple TV Plus, light years beyond what I watch anywhere else. Like I, I am beating the drum 
for Severance. Like, and if you have not watched Severance yet, I am telling you all to watch it. I think that show is phenomenal. Um, I, I'm just Ted saying. Lasso, Ted Lasso is one of my favorite comedies, period. Yes. Uh, in the same breath, I'll say HBO Max because, and the numbers that are in this article prove it, uh, Winning Time is the most talked about streaming series on the fucking earth right now. A- Apple right. Plus even fucking coming out with a Magic Johnson series. Now. Yes. Well, I, I'm just saying. It works for a while, but yeah. Netflix now has things to contend with, and you can see that they are not holding up their end of the bargain. And outside of the stuff that has already been um, established, something like Stranger Things, the, and, and to even that extent, because wasn't uh, isn't I I don't know if any of you watch it, but I know my girlfriend does. Bridgerton, Bridgerton got massive love in that first season, and then they just put out a goddamn stinker of a season two, and that is how Netflix is operating. They can't do anything right they have become the sony of streaming services to tie All in right. I, gotta, I gotta cut you, i gotta cut you off because i gotta let somebody else on the program talk a little bit um, and, no no i know no no i'm just kidding i love you Aza. dave your thoughts before i give you my my comp and where I, where i think we're going here well i think the other thing to mention is i, I don't know did we mention that netflix stock took a pretty significant drop as well oh god no they plummeted 35 percent. so yeah netflix time has got problems yeah time to buy exactly uh netflix got problems on, on a lot of different fronts i think you know i think did they say it was due to the price hike i mean they were they were bitching about or complaining about uh account sharing and trying to talk about the impact that was having and oh. and they they alluded to the loss of subscribers, right? Being due to the price hike. I think they're uh, probably right. and their crack and their crackdown on password sharing. Yeah, they, th- you are right on that part. Too. I think you yeah. know the thing with Netflix is, uh, you know, none of the other streaming services have really increased. I mean, Disney Plus has been around for a couple of years, been the same price since it started. Um, Netflix, you've had rate increases for consecutive years. You know, are they at the point where they're starting to alienate their subscribers because they're like, you know, really nothing is coming out that I can't watch elsewhere, which isn't true. But there is that mentality that people are like, yeah, you know, they're they're like third or fifth on my list of what to watch. And, and you know, I need to I need to cut a few things here and there. And, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just people are getting sick of Netflix. I, I mean, you know, like my wife's got our Netflix account. She's had it since the DVD days. And even she's kind of like. Man, these uh, that's two years in a row they hit us with a rate increase. That's kind of a, a bit much. Um, not that we're going to cancel or anything like that, but maybe that has something to do with it. People are just like, you know, you guys keep hiking the price on us, and what are we getting in return? Uh, I think there probably is, is some of that mentality out there. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, what they've got The Witcher, they got, but it's it's odd, you know. Like Aesop's mentioning Stranger Things, you've got their biggest franchise entering their final season coming out in like a month. And you lose a shit ton of subscribers. Something's not right there. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Go ahead, Tony. I think they became a lazy giant. They were first to the gigantic share of the market. And they decided to spend a lot of money on providing the most content instead of the most quality content. And a lot of the money they spent on content didn't draw more subscriptions. And then competition came along. And now you have the situation we're in right now. And to, to go and take that a step further, because I my comp right now, Netflix is Blockbuster. 
which I find unbelievably ironic that Netflix wrote a, a you know put out a documentary about the failure of Blockbuster, uh, and there was a time where Blockbuster there was the Blockbuster was never going to go away, right? That they were there was nothing was going to compete with it was going to fall apart, and then Netflix came along and killed Blockbuster Video. Uh, and if you listen to the Netflix documentary, which again we kind of bringing this full circle to some earlier conversations where company that that's been painted as the bad guy puts out a documentary. It's like, well, we weren't quite as bad as all that. No, whatever. Here's the other thing in, in sort of what I found really interesting when Tony talks about all this content acquired. Think of the number of series like Bridgerton, you know, had a great first season, um, had a, had a bad second season. Think of the number of series that don't get finished that Netflix has started. Just like the Marvel properties by themselves. Like they had this big Marvel deal, right? Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Punisher, and the Defenders. And they were going to do this whole thing. And then bit by bit, every one of those series got canceled before they were finished. With the Defenders being the only one that was sort of a standalone thing. And there were some, and they, and they weren't even necessarily bad shows. Like the worst of those shows was Iron Fist, and it it suffered the sin of being okay. Like it wasn't good, it wasn't horrible, it was just okay. Jessica Jones was widely reviewed as well liked and appreciated. Um, Daredevil season season two was was kind of a clunker, but season one and three well regarded. Luke Cage. A lot of people argued season two is better than season one. Got canceled. Um, even Iron Fist season two was argued to be better than season one. Got canceled. And The Punisher, both seasons of The Punisher were, were well-received. Canceled. Netflix does did this all the time. And not just within those properties. They would uh, The Dark Crystal series. Was fucking great. Canceled oh, after one don't season. Don't even get me started there. Just, just canceled after one season. And there's no real explanation to it other than they dropped it based on some metric that they were getting that people weren't watching. And... So there's also, I think, to, to Tony's point, there's not a lot of faith in, from the consumer in what they're putting out. So why should we invest in you? The next M. Night Shyamalan thriller, The Netflix Cemetery. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but and I do think that you're right. Like Netflix was the only game in town and became, became kind of too big and overconfident. And now I think they're blockbuster. And I think that, you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But if you go back and listen to Dave and Tony and I uh, back when Platt and, you know, and Ray Cash, we talked about streaming services. And I used to be adamant Netflix wasn't in trouble. Netflix will be fine. This week is the first week where I've been like, Netflix is in trouble. And we could be watch, we we could be witnessing the beginning of the end, and if they go through with this ads thing, in addition to their price increase, to where now I'm paying twenty bucks a month for a service that now has ads, because other streaming services have ads, and you can pay more to not have ads, but that that baseline price is affordable. When and when does is not affordable? When does Netflix partner up with someone else? Because that's what's going to happen next. You had Hulu. They're getting absorbed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hulu did Amazon. that. But one of these, one of these companies. Amazon seems the most likely. I don't. I don't know exactly who's going to be, but 
I mean, again, I, I can't watch Netflix anymore or I can't even look at it because more often than not, I'm just seeing garbage. I will say Adam Project was nice. I enjoyed myself watching that movie. But I mean, what was the what's the new thing? Is it cake? Who gives a flying fuck about that show? And yet that's the thing that they've been promoting. They also, they also brought in Trivia Quest. Yeah, I've seen Trivia Quest. Can I can I just I hear I, I is it cake has been catching a lot of shit because Netflix is promoting it so hard. And regardless of how you feel about it, if that fucking show was on the Food Network, it'd have a following. You yes, know it would. Don't Food act Network. like you wouldn't. But but Netflix isn't a channel, so I get it. Now, do I think that it's what they should be peddling to the masses as this is the show we should watch? Maybe not. But I, I also, like, I think that the concept of Is It Cake, if it was on television, people would be fine with it. The the thing that, the other thing that I think is just funny right now is that we've finally gotten to the point. Some people think clever cutting cable um, and going strictly streaming. We're, we're basically paying out of pocket for, for streaming services what we would pay for cable. So the game never changed, everybody. It just switched formats and tricked you into believing uh, by that you, the, were, you were on the cheap. Don't forget to add that portion, too, that Netflix is now going to crack down on the sharing of passwords. Oh, yeah. D- Dave, uh, Dave alluded to that. You must not have been paying attention to him. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, it was, um, they've been talking about that for a year plus now too, like this cracking down, which, what does that even mean? Like, how do you even do that? Is it, you're going to look at IP addresses and like, what if I'm traveling and which, you know, like I do in the summer and I want to watch Netflix and you think I'm sharing my password because I went to Cape Cod. Maybe you'll pay for a certain amount of devices. And then after that, it's like a, uh, Apple, Apple TV plus actually has it the, the right. sole owner of it gets a message every single time someone jumps in and they need to yep. get a message from that person. They could go to that real easy and limit same, it to a certain amount of thing devices. Is, um, I think Peacock does it too. Cause when I got the new computer, I got, I got flagged about a new device. Like if you, make, if you have to make the original email address, go in and sign into the website, not just the app to allow a different device to go ahead and go on there. That would stop it. Yeah, I, I and they're, they're, I don't have necessarily a problem with what Netflix is arguing there. Is as much as we want to say, it's, it's you know, it's, it's not Metallica. stealing, it's stealing. Yeah, it's, it's Metallica. Metallica. Like Metallica's it's, the bad guy because we want our free Napster music, but they're they're business like, and so they're in it for themselves a little bit there. And and so that's I can't argue that logic. I can just be like, well, it sucks, you fucking greedy capitalist. Um, <laughs> right, like that's all we could do there. So, anyway, I guess last thought: um, Netflix gets absorbed. That 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 seems like a possible scenario. Does Netflix disappear entirely, um, or does it? Or do you think it is the the absorption route that'll happen? Like it'll become a part of Hulu or Amazon, or so? I don't think Hulu is the right one because Hulu is already in that Disney bundle, right, with ESPN and Disney Plus and and that group. So I don't I don't see it going there. HBO, HBO or Amazon. Is yeah. the name Netflix big enough though to survive? I, I think oh, the yeah. name is. I think the name has value to be slapped on by whoever buys it out. Amazon's Netflix. Right. Like, I mean, you don't I, do I just, that. You don't do that with Hulu and Disney. 
Netflix Prime. I mean, Netflix themselves is even saying that they're expecting 2 million more subscribers to go away in the next couple of years. They're not going to survive that. So I don't know if I their mean, name's big enough to get by those kind of laws. Are they saying nationwide or are they saying Probably nationwide globally. or worldwide? Probably globally. I, I think globally it's a little less concerning if it's globally, but it's still a significant hit. And Netflix has become the bad guy in, in this, which is t- to quote Dave's favorite um, Batman movie, you know, stay around long enough to, to become the bad guy basically is what's, what's happened here. Cause Netflix was the shit for a long time. Everybody loved it. Yeah, and die a hero or live long enough to see they are not become not, the villain. They have become the villain in a big, big way. And, and there's going to be more to that. All right. We've got a little bit of time left here. I do want to spend a couple of minutes talking theme parks because Disney World can't win. And uh, and my goodness. So for those of you who follow politics in Florida, you saw this week, uh, Ron DeSantis, after Disney sort of half-assed came out against the famous quote-unquote don't say gay bill, uh, Ron DeSantis pushed through his Republican-controlled legislature the disillusion of what's the name of that park district? You know what it, what they call it? No, but basically, it was separate basically entity. it's a basically it was a it was an agreement with the state of Florida that allowed Disney to build itself and to permit itself in order to build Disney World and to maintain Disney World. Um, that possibly could end and it could fall on the counties with with which disney's property lies to begin taxing and maintaining the bureaucracy that disney used to manage itself in order to run efficiently and effectively and on the surface the arguments being made well disney was evading all these taxes for years and years and years and so they need to pay their, pay their fair share. They're, you know, they're a liberal lobbying entity, so we need to make them pay. It fails to recognize that basically what Disney was doing was, one, funneling money back to the two counties because it was a mutually beneficial arrangement. And two, those counties weren't burdened with building permits for Disney, power for Disney, water for Disney, plumbing for Disney, a police force for Disney a fire department for Disney. All of those theoretically could go the way of the dodo if the two counties don't approve the posturing move made by Ron DeSantis. Yes, Tony. Um, I, I'm well aware of the fact that the residents of this great state of Florida and these here United States don't pay a, pay a state income tax. Is that correct, Patrick? <laughs> no. No, they, they no you're those... correct. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, connect the dots. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I guess what the fuck, there's no way this stays, right? There's no, just no I, way. I, I, you, is Dave. I'm going to turn this over to you because you, you, uh, I know we're doing some research and talking to the misses about it a little bit. The counties aren't going to approve this, right? There's just no way. There's no way that they're going to take on the burden of maintaining Disney World. No. It, it, the taxpayers would revolt. There's, they're going to basically look at DeSantis and say, uh, "Go fuck yourself." You know, is, is what they're going to say. They're going to say, "You're not, you're not, you're not passing this on to the taxpayers of these two counties," because, like you're saying, 
Disney World is basically a self-sustaining city within the city of Orlando that takes care of right. all their own stuff. You know, and it's it's like, you know, yeah, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. How many jobs does Disney create down there? How much revenue do they generate? Would anybody go to fucking Florida if it wasn't for Orlando? Really? I mean, okay, yeah, maybe you'd go and hang out in Miami or the Keys or something like that. But Orlando generates so much tourism due to the theme parks. And, you know, conspicuously quiet is Universal, who's just kind of kicking back and saying, you know, we're just going to keep our mouth shut right now and let <laughs> let them go after the the big the big bear in the forest right now. But I, I can't see the county sitting here saying, "Wait, you want you want to do this and shift the burden of all this kind of stuff that Disney takes on themselves and pass it on to the taxpayers because you're pissed off about their political alignment on a very controversial bill to begin with." Um, no, I don't think we're going to go into in that direction. It'll be like when. You know, the mass mandate for the schools where a lot of them just basically said, screw you, we're going to do our own thing. And, you know, and I think you're going to see the same sort of stuff happening here with these with these counties are going to be like, hell no. And I don't want this to be confused here, folks. Uh, Disney is still an evil empire. By, by no stretch of the imagination is our good friend Bobby Cheapack or whatever. Uh, some benevolence is it, I don't even know how to I call him Cheapack because he's a cheap bastard. Uh, but um, <laughs> he's by no means some benevolent owner that suddenly cares about the consumer, because if you have paid any attention to the changes that have been made to the park in, in the last year, you know that that is not the case. Dude, to, they to have to altered down on, so much. To double down on that, yesterday, Disneyland locked people out five times because they reached capacity. Five times in one day. Because now they've done away yeah. with, the, 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 with the cap that they had that was COVID-related, which doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, they locked people out five times yesterday. So that, by no means are we saying, oh, Disney's so wonderful and should get what they want. Here's the other thing I want to make sure that people understand. Disney ain't moving. Like, they're not, Disneyland is not going somewhere else. Because, one, that is a ridiculously expensive venture to even try to do. Even for uh, Disney. Even for Disney. Because <laughs> uh, that is a city. Like, it is, like, I've been there. It is a city all unto itself. There's just no way and that they only, could reasonably make that They've move. only used 25% of the property that they own down there anyway. They're talking right. about adding a fifth and sixth park. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can get land for cheap and, like, in and around Lincoln, Nebraska. But are you really going to want to go to Nebraska for your family vacation? I mean, maybe if, maybe yeah. if Disney World's there, you'll go. But I don't know. Did anybody no. want to go to Las Vegas before? You yeah, know, the, put it in Vegas and right. watch watch that watch that. Explode. Oh God, Jesus, uh, that'll be something. Oh, okay. Anyway, so there's a brief Meet little on with Disney tasteful World. boobies. The the thing that I do worry about is if these two counties do get stupid. I'm just going to ignore tasteful boobies. Um, <laughs> The the one thing that I do that will happen if this for some reason does pass through the counties is if you think it's expensive to go to Disney now, it's going to get more expensive to go to Disney if these counties do take this on. All right, before we go, I am bringing back Patrick's pitch, pitch this week for two different programs. One is a movie, one is a TV show that I want to put out there to you guys to check out. The first... Dave mentioned it earlier in the program. I mentioned that I saw it this past Saturday. If you have the opportunity, I strongly 
strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to take some time and check out everything, everywhere, all at once. It is, one, a movie that will warrant repeated viewings no matter how much you like it. Because to, to, to say it's, it's got a lot going on is an understatement. But there's a lot going on in that movie. And it's, it's crazy how it all ties together uh at at the end of this film it is it is phenomenal it was great i went and saw it with my buddy justin and i i don't want to say too much about it because i don't want to spoil it but it, it was you know with michelle yo um wow the i can't even remember the guy's name but he was short round and uh data from the goonies doing his first role back Ken since Hui those Kwan. movies yeah um with the opportunity, like, and he's been very candid about it in interviews that he thought acting was done because he didn't want to be typecast as the stereotype. And then this film came along and brought him back. And the movie itself is like Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, it is amazing, it is mind blowing, it is computer people like we talk about the multiverse in in a in a Marvel lens, and this thing dials it up to eleven thousand. Like it's so great, it's so good. I can't recommend it enough. And I feel it's worth your five dollar Tuesday if that's what you do. I it was worth the matinee price that I paid to go see it, and I would go see it again. Go ahead, Dave. Or uh, sorry, other Dave. Uh, Dave too. Absolutely phenomenal film. It is easily my favorite movie of the year so far. And I, I mean, it's it's early. It's April, right? And I don't know how it drops out of that top three, let alone potentially my uh, the number one uh, position. You already mentioned Michelle Yeoh and uh, Kehui Kwan. Also have to throw a shout out to the daughter. Stephanie Sue is fantastic in that movie. Uh, she was already great on Marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, Maisel. Uh, so I had no, no doubt in my mind was going to be great. The way that that movie is shot is just mind bending some of the the choices that are made it is so art house and weird yet every choice is precise and the correct one uh, honestly i get tripped up talking about this movie because it's that freaking weird if you go and look at some of the critic reviews they even say like we don't know how to describe this movie and that is very apropos. You have no clue how Absolutely. to describe it. Uh, all you need to know is ketchup and mustard. That's all you need to know. Right, right. Y'all, I know what you're talking about. Um, also, rocks. I, I enjoyed rocks. Holy hell, five minutes of rocks. Yes. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Tony looks like he is in the uh, camp of thanks, but no thanks. Um, it's a terrific movie. Johnny, I will never push for you to see a movie more. The That's challenge accepted. This shall be our lifelong struggle. Okay, it's going to be like trying to get Ray Cash to watch Flash Gordon. Getting Tunny to watch well, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, it, but it's not eligible for a streamy because it is in the theaters currently. The other recommendation I'm going to make, I'm making um, a pitch out of um 
actually out of interest in this series. It's dropping on Showtime today. It is the remake of The Man Who Fell to Earth, which was a David Bowie flick. It is um, on Showtime. It is led by, and I always pronounce this guy's name wrong. Uh, um, he plays uh, Mordo in Doctor Strange. Chida, well, I I can't pronounce it. Chida um, Wale Yeah, come on, help me out here, Aesop. This is your job. Uh, uh, okay, give me. Ch- it's like Chitetwe. Okay, I need to see his name for. Okay, Chiwetel. Uh, oh shit, that last name. <laughs> Oh, is Shewettle is Geofor? Is Geofor? Yeah, uh, I, I always remember the first it, one. That second name. Maybe now fifty-three minutes, but I got foreskin. it. No, it is not foreskin. Anyway, check that show out. It looks great. If you liked the original with David Bowie, um, it's it's not really that complicated of an introduction to the plot. He's an alien who fell to Earth, and there's you know it goes from there. Looks really, really good. Showtime uh, is doing that thing where they make it available to stream uh, before it airs on Sunday nights, but it is um, airing Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. All right, fellas, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick once around. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find you out there in the Chair Shot Radio Network universe. This week, we will start with Mr. Aesop Mitchell. Find me on Twitter. I'm uh, at Dave in Cudahy and at Violent Aesop. You pick which one. I will respond to both. Also, if you want to find me out in public, I will be at $5 Tuesdays, probably going to see everything everywhere all at once, at least once more. David Ongar. Aesop, I think you should have a new Twitter handle at Haiku for Hire. That should be your new Twitter. Ooh, I like that. I like that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. My name is PC Tony. You can find me at Walmart buying enough TVs to watch everything everywhere all at once. You can also follow me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything. Chair Shot Radio Network. And I just want everyone to know that Patrick and Aesop were definitely not amused with my joke about the title of their new favorite movie. And you can follow me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm no selling that. Uh, and you can follow me on the Twitter at wrestling realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on the chair shot radio network on Mondays. I'm talking bandwagon nerds on Tuesdays. David Ungar and I are talking hockey on chair shot radio and then on Wednesdays, I am with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales talking wrestling on The Greg DeMarco Show. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. That's going to do it for us. Now get yourself out of the basement, get some sun, and go yell at Netflix for fucking everything up. They ruined a good thing. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Mr. Saturday Night.
I meet with the Tatalia people, should I insist that all these drug middlemen have clean records? Mention it. Don't insist. But Cheney's a man who know that without being told. You mean Tatalia? Tatalia's a pimp. He never could have outfought Santino. But I didn't know until this day that it was... Well, I've seen it all along. 